Ryan Tannehill has lost a lot during this first day of free agency. Cam Newton has gained a lot. We'll give you our thoughts on all the big news right now on Fantasy Football Today in 10. Welcome to the show. It's definitely going to be an extended version of Fantasy Football Today in 5. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisberg. We're getting you caught up fast on the fantasy news and advice you need to know. Make sure you're following us and streaming us on Spotify and tell your friends and help us grow. And we're, of course, dropping this in the regular FFT feed. But, Jamie, we're not going to go super in-depth because we've got to save some content for tomorrow morning when Dave joins us. But right now, who's the biggest winner from day one? The biggest winner from day one. I already told you who it was. It was in my intro. Are you listening? Great question. John U. Smith. Oh, it's not. It's Cam Newton. Well, that depends if Cam Newton's a starter for 16 games. You're, that's right. That's true. It's this. Yeah. Okay. It's potentially fine. John U. Smith. John U. Smith. Big contract with the Patriots. Uh, they invest heavily in him. You like this for him? I do. I, I think, you know, um, obviously the quarterback is the concern, but this is the scenario, especially with the moves that they made that we look for in fantasy as the tight end could be the leader of the pack in terms of targets and opportunities. And so, look, Cam was not good in 2020. If Cam does start 16 games in 2021, uh, Greg Olson during a five-year stretch was pretty awesome. Um, you know, he wasn't of the top tier tight ends, you know, of the guys that we typically talk about, but he was in that next group. You know, and so from 2012 to 2016, Greg Olson averaged basically 118 targets a season, 77 catches, uh, just shy of 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. If John could do that in one season, that's going to put him right around a top five tight end. Oh, yeah. Greg Olson was great. And not only uh, was he great, but we also saw from Cam Newton in that stretch that he could give you Greg Olson, who could finish as a top eight tight end five straight seasons and give you a number two wide receiver in four of those five seasons, three or four of those five seasons, whether it was Steve Smith or Kelvin Benjamin, uh, and even Ted Ginn one year. So that's interesting. I look forward to talking about that on the show tomorrow uh, or on the Tuesday morning show. And then, of course, we'll have a whole bunch of more news items to, to react to. Hopefully we'll get some Kenny Galladay news at some point on Tuesday, or maybe it'll happen later on Monday night as we record this at about 9.15 Eastern. Who's the biggest loser from day one? The biggest loser from day one. Um, I wish Did, you had asked me these questions before. I told you that we were starting with these. Um, you should have told me before the show. Uh, the biggest <laughs> I loser, I guess you got to say Ryan Tannehill. You know, I mean, you lose John yeah. Smith and um, you lose John Smith and, and Corey Davis. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, struggle to replace those guys. Um, Davis, probably more so than John, just from the standpoint of what he was last year with. Uh, his production as the number two receiver, 65 catches, 900 plus yards and five touchdowns. Um, so we'll see what they do in, in, in that, uh, in that regard. But I think, uh, Tannehill, you know, I had him as the number 11 quarterback. I dropped him to 13, um, after today, just because I think it was close between in my mind, uh, Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. So I put him behind both those guys. Okay. Uh, how about Jameis Winston or Ryan Tannehill right now? Let's assume Jameis Winston is the starter. Uh, I still will go Tannehill. I think it's going to be messy. You know, I, I can't see a situation where Taysom Hill's not playing. Um, you know, so I was hoping Jameis would go someplace else and, and Taysom Hill would still be the guy with maybe a rookie uh, or somebody young that they could groom. Because um, I think you're just going to get, you know, too much of the, the Taysom Hill package if Jameis is a starter. And if, if Taysom Hill's a starter, Jameis is going to play very much. So it just feels like it could be a messy situation in New Orleans. Who do you like better? Corey Davis with the Jets or Nelson Aguilar with the Patriots? 
I think Aguilar is going to be bad. I, I just don't trust the situation. You know, I mean, he, he had so many big plays for the Raiders last year. And he was so good for Derek Carr, but he did that on 82 targets. I don't think if he gets 82 targets with the Patriots, he's going to do the same thing. So with what Cam does running the ball, with what John Smith brings to the table, with what the rest of the receiving core will look like if Julian Edelman's still on the team, if he's healthy, uh, I think Nelson Aguilar is going to be um, a guy that's not on many fantasy rosters come middle of the season, whereas Corey Davis could be the best receiver for the Jets. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I would take Corey Davis by far over Nelson Aguilar. So you're more excited about Jonu Smith than Nelson Aguilar. But leaps and bounds. Is that just because of the position? Because, I, I mean, do, do we really know that Jonu Smith is good? Do we kind know of, that Nelson Aguilar can do anything close to what he did last well, year again? I mean, that, that wasn't his first good season. He had one really good, you know, solid year with the with the Eagles. Touchdown heavy, but solid year. He's a former first-round pick. He was maybe a little unlucky. He had seven targets inside the 10 and only caught one touchdown. There was only one other player that had more than six targets and inside the 10 and only one touchdown. That was Justin Jefferson. So I thought that was interesting. He was getting targeted. I don't know. I, I think uh, I am more confident in his abilities than John Smith's, honestly. But uh, And that's that's fair. I, I just don't think that Cam Newton's going to enhance Nelson Aguilar. I, I think Cam Newton is much better suited for a player like John Smith. What about uh, Rob Gronkowski back with the Bucks or Jonu Smith? Yeah, that's not close. Jonu's got top five potential tight end position for me, and Gronk's not going to be ranked as a number one tight end. Okay, but Gronkowski, so the Patriots, I think they were the second fewest pass attempts in the NFL last year. And the they Bucks, were behind Baltimore. Yeah, and the Bucks were like the sixth most, fourth most, something like that. So you do have that dynamic there, right? You do. Uh, I, I Patriots, think Patriots will throw year. more, Jamie. I, so I just obviously the Patriots are going to throw more now, for sure. But you would hope, but they're not going to throw as much as the Bucks. No, but Gronk was you know battling OJ Howard for production and targets and everything in the first uh, few games while Howard was healthy, and then he was battling Cameron Braid at the end of the season. Gronk is a role player at this point. You know, I mean, he, he had good games last year. He had a lot of bad games too. And I think, you know, people are going to obviously fall in love still with the name and remember the two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I think you're chasing numbers if you're chasing Rob Gronkowski. Okay, how about Carlos Hyde going to Jacksonville? What's your reaction there? Yeah, actually, I was going to say as a winner, uh, James Robinson, because if this is all they do, it's fantastic for Robinson. If they add still somebody else, then that's going to make it a messy situation. You know, the, the thing that makes you concerned about Robinson is that there's a history here with the GM and the coach. Uh, obviously, Urban Meyer from his days, at Ohio State, and Trent Baalke was the GM in San Francisco with uh, Hyde when he was there. So um, I I hope this is all it is for James Robinson, but uh, again, I still fear that there's something else coming in terms of a pass-catching type of back. Somebody adds a little bit more speed to the backfield. So I, I think this is one of those things where um, Carlos Hyde is insurance. Uh, Devontae Booker is insurance. You know, these type of, of, of players that are signed to these teams are, are backup options for a reason. Um, they're veterans who you can trust if they have to get extended workloads. And so, um, it just, in terms of the two backup running backs who signed today, I, I'd much rather take a chance on Devonte Booker than I would Carlos Hyde. James is a pretty boring day as of nine fifteen Eastern. Well, I mean, pretty it's, boring. it's boring from what we talk about. It's a great NFL day though. There are a lot yeah. of fun signings. I, I think the Joe Tooney signing signing is, is big for the chiefs. They have to revamp their offensive line for they're sure. Lindsley signing too. The Lindsley signing for the Chargers, absolutely. The Patriots are so interesting. I, I kind of feel like they hit the B list 
with their two offensive signings. Judon, on the other hand, could be could be great, but maybe Bill they're not, maybe they're not done. But I I'm not just giving them the benefit of the doubt because they're the Patriots. I, I mean, I'd rather throw a lot more money at at Kenny Galladay than get Corey and then get uh, Nelson Aguilar and Jonu Smith. Well, I think if they had spent the money on Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne on one guy, and that Bourne, would have right. been a, a better signing. John, who I think is a great signing. I think he's he's got so much potential. And, uh, you know, Belichick raved about him in the 2019 playoff run when the Titans beat the Patriots in Tom Brady's last game in New England. Um, the uh, the Patriots defense, though, got a lot better. The Anderson signing and the Gotchow signing are big, you know, for that run defense. You know, they got bigger in the middle. Uh, their offensive line got better. So the two lines got better. But you know what Bill Belichick is? Bill Belichick is the guy in the salary cap league that goes all in on the top two running backs <laughs> with the first biggest bids and then has to sit it out and see what else happens. Now, they got a lot of, you know, I think players that fill roles for them. Uh, but I think the, the the one that the two that stand out are obviously Aguilar and, and, uh, and Bourne because, you know, what those guys are, they paid Aguilar $13 million a season. Corey Davis got $12.5 million a season with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And if you look at those two guys, well, I think you'd much rather have the investment in Davis than you would in Aguilar, just from what their pedigrees should be. Maybe not what their production has yeah, been, I don't, I, I but what don't, their pedigree should be. But they're both first-round picks. Yeah, but know? one guy was a top-ten pick. Though. Yeah, but he was a bad top-ten pick. Like John Ross was a top-ten pick, right? I'm not saying he was a good top 10 pick. I'm not saying Aguilar was a good first round pick. No, I'm obviously they've been NFL draft busts. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Look, a lot of guys on both sides of the ball. You look at Leonard Floyd, you look at Leonard Williams, Corey Davis, Nelson Aguilar. They had big years. They had their best seasons in contract years. And that's a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary. So we shall see what happens. And we will talk about it more in depth on the fantasy football today podcast. Follow it and stream it on Spotify. Thanks for listening to an extended version of FFT in five. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday. See you later.